Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to the Raw Review. We are the Dadly Boys of What Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Now Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, <sighs> where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review last night's Raw, and the power's back. Really good. Uh, <laughs> where was this Raw last week? Because that yeah. audience that turned, like, tuned in for CM Punk's dead, and they ain't never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> they gave it one week, they were like, everyone was lying. It was rubbish. Yeah. I thought this was superb. Uh, and it had no right. They are... <laughs> They're using Triple H, determined as he is, and there's really like there's loads of positives out of this. We were talking about how he's gonna get his babyface Bailey run that he feels robbed of when she left NXT the first time. You feel like Sami Zayn, he's gonna like chart a course for him to win a title mm-hmm. just like he did in NXT the last time. He is now looking back at things he what personally felt aggrieved by in 2018. Shinsuke Nakamura, the death of the Becky Lynch, Nijax thing. Like, well, oh, picking them back up, like. I need to sell some house show tickets so you can do these. And the just the idea to a fed head like me that they can <laughs> just this hundreds of loose threads that Vincent Mann just left there hanging when he just forgot about stories or just didn't care enough or whatever that can just be picked up to just fill these TV weeks in between the pay-per-views like just fills my heart, honestly. <laughs> so filler fills your heart? Filler fills my heart. Like, okay. Uh, I thought this was, a like, re- again, like a nicely paced, a, a fast-moving three-hour raw, the total opposite mm-hmm. of what last week yeah. was and what a lot of them have been this year. There was some really good stuff on this. There was some really good yeah. stuff. There's some stuff that I was baffled by. There's some stuff where I thought, I'm not as high as consensus, but I can view it as an objective success for the people who were there. But there was one really good thing. So I'm going to waste my uh, enthusiasm, my earnest enthusiasm, very quickly because... Well, yeah, we'll get into it in a second. I just want to say, you can really tell the difference between a Triple H helm draw and anyone else, basically, because he obviously wasn't there last week. He still and, booked it and, and formatted it. He mm, just didn't. Not the same. He just, it is the same. He's, yeah. like, he's, given, he's given us someone else the recipe, but Triple H isn't cooking, so. He sure wanted us to know about that by the Tuesday afternoon, didn't he? He made it very oh, clear yeah. Uh, that, yeah, he put his feelers out. I'm not, not quite as sold on that one. I think it was just a bit of a tough week. I am. Uh, Drew McIntyre comes out to start the show. Painful. Like, I feel like a physical anguish when you like this. I'll get used to it, brother. Uh, <laughs> he welcomes everyone to Monday Night at all. Uh, he says, it's the land of liars, hypocrites, cowards, and idiots. Uh, a place where you can get fired, get released, leave, do whatever you want, and come back and be instantly forgiven. 
And uh, that leads, of course, to a CM Punk chant. McIntyre's like, I could be talking about anybody. You know, you know, you know last week the champ tried to pull a fast one on Drew McIntyre. He couldn't have given that title match to anybody. Uh, he says, <laughs> Thank you. He yeah. beat Jay Uso the week before. Uh-huh. Um, he clearly didn't deserve it. Uh, Seth had slapped him metaphorically, so he headbutted him in his stupid face. Uh, and then he said, oh, my God, Jey Uso is actually capable of an apology. Uh, he ran to Randy Orton. He was stuttering with his little tail between his legs. Oh, I'm so sorry, Randy. And he said, Jay, your time's coming. And then he was like, oh, I'm forgetting someone, Sammy. And then Sammy's music hits and he comes out. And Zayn's like, I see you have a lot to say. Uh, if you've got something to say about me, why don't you say it face to face? So Drew did. Uh, he said, last week you tried to compare us two, but we are nothing alike. Um... You're the one person in the world who deserved to get screwed over by the bloodline. You were part of the bloodline. You were their little lapdog. You joined them, then they screwed you over. Uh, what do you think was going to happen? Uh, you deserved it. Uh, and Sammy said, you know what? You're right. We're not alike. I'm not a delusional person. There is a big difference. When I lost in front of my family and let everyone down, I stayed hungry, driven, motivated. It carried me to victory in the main event of WrestleMania. I got redemption. I made my family proud. Do you think you're making your family proud? And Drew's like, I'm going to kill him. But he says, one of us is not walking out tonight. Get me a ref. Ring that damn bell. And that's exactly what happens. Before we get into the match, what a promo to start the show. Yeah, really good. Didn't, unnecessary. Like, wildly unnecessary. The reasons why we are having a fight have already been established, kind of. Let's kind of do it again and go over yet again the reasons why Drew McIntyre has become the character that he is. It says something that people are like, pretty subtle by WWE standards, this. <laughs> is it a constant exposition coming out of Drew McIntyre's voice? I will say he does it very well. I think his delivery's world class. I think he plays the role of the aggrieved he plays like the central character of the world in his head mm. that every single thing that has ever happened, all being conspiring against me. <laughs> yeah. But it's very so exposition. It is. I don't disagree with that, but I did. I like that WWE keep doing things within the booking that you don't really see are actually there to piss Drew McIntyre off and bolster this character further. Last week, Jey Uso apologises to Randy Orton because Randy Orton's been up front about the damage he's going to do at the bloodline and Jey Uso wants water under the bridge because he's just had enough of this since he's Cody's brought him to Raw and they do it and they make nice and you think, oh, that might be for like an Orton direction or is it just for, nah, the baby faces are going to shake hands on this and Orton's going to go off to SmackDown and then it turns out, no, that entire segment existed so that Drew McIntyre go, you're joking! Yeah. Like, yet another thing, like, we've heard, as Cedric points out, we've heard the things that Drew McIntyre is annoyed about there, what's making him tick now, why he is the way he is, but new things keep happening. <laughs> so just when like, was it there? It was. I think it was a Seth match where I thought, right, he's kind of lost conclusively now. The heel turn that is coming has lost its fundamental justification, and WWE just keep dropping things that can piss this character off more. It's a very, it's a three-dimensional character in a world that we're not really used to having, and like this is the benefit of that kind of booking. It's made me think. He said, "Don't put me on the Rumble poster." 
I hadn't even considered that. He's not on the post. He's, He's not, not on, on the post. He's oh. wound up about this on social media. Well, like, yeah. Now you see where I'm bloody pissed off all the time. That seems like it, it's, it's a, a good idea. Person. It's a good idea. And I tell you what, like that's good synergy between different departments mm. and it makes it feel like this actual world exists and I've got a lot of time for that. Um, can you remember, there's a good way and a bad way of doing everything and there is, in fact, a good way and bad way of doing this. Because this is basically a guy who believes the world is against him. That is his character, right? Can you remember when Dax Harwood and AEW collaborated so that when they produced the graphics from the Reader Awards for The Observer, it was like the best match, the best pay-per-view, the best booker, the best tag team, and the AEW Twitter account made graphics for all of them except the best tag team, FTR, and Dax was like, maybe I'll go to the fair. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll just go to the fair. It's like, all right, that's great. Well, why don't I just go to the competition? That's way hotter than... We are. <laughs> For his, like, strange Jesus negotiation story that Christ. didn't really land. I didn't land at all. No. I think that's done them a whole lot of bother. Could mm. be worse, though. It could be feeling like a ghost backstage, Could man. be feeling like a ghost backstage. <laughs> Check it out. Check it out, man. I'm a spooky ghost. I've always been floating on a different plane. Not the top of wings, though. Save it for Wednesday. Uh, I don't wanna, do I want to save this for Wednesday? I think, I think we can get some good mileage out of it until then. Uh, I, I want at some point. I did it on Twitter, so maybe I've got it. Should have got it out of my system. The Hardy Boys are really pissing me off. <laughs> I'm haunted by my potential, like a ghost, like a ghost. <laughs> I'm haunted by the Hardy Boys. <laughs> uh, then we got Drew versus. Who do they think they are? This <laughs> <laughs> is just he's just going to come up with a sheet on his head and eye holes. It's just pathetic. But with like, give, just give, just give up. Give up and go to the NWA. <laughs> uh, Drew versus Sammy. Uh, Drew, no messing about. Immediately grabs him, huge belly to belly across the ring. Starts chopping the crap out of him. At uh, the end of outside, Drew sends him into the apron. Tries to post him, but Sammy reverses. Uh, Drew hoys Sammy back in the ring, but he hits the ropes and dives out onto Drew to take us to a break. Uh, when we come back again, they're fighting on the outside. Um, Zayn gets sent towards the barricade, but he moonsaults off. Uh, they go back inside. McIntyre just runs him over. Big chops as well. Zane fights up, uh, dodges a charge. McIntyre posts himself uh, in amongst all this. I think possibly even earlier on in the match, uh, Zane's tweaked his leg, um, but he still manages a suplex and on Tornado DDT for a two count. McIntyre hits a neck breaker, uh, gets sent outside a slingshot dive from Zane, but McIntyre catches him and just hoys him over to the announce table to take us to our second break. Oh my God. Yeah, just ragdolled him there, didn't he? The break's even more ob- like obtrusive than normal. They don't, like, they kind of just happen. You get way less. Like, this is not me calling for the Raw Rolls On return, but it does, they just sort of... It's not just the placement of when to do it. It's like the, the volume. Mm. Mm. I'll have this show. So worse than usual, or was I just in a bit of a mood this morning? I, I, I didn't notice anything. No, it was usual. <laughs> but then, then again, I did have a horrific flashback when they were like, it's two or three falls tonight. I'm like, oh, God, do you remember when... That? Well, we can't get to a break without pinfall, so uh, let's just do that on every match for whatever reason. The first match, guys, has gone to a DQ. We're going to run it again, and now it's two out of three falls. Yeah. No DQ. Tell you what, the 2019 two out of three falls look better than the friggin' this one we've got later on tonight. <laughs> Ooh, uh, McIntyre hit a spine buster for two when we came back. Sit out, Powerbomb gets two as well. Set up for sort of like an avalanche white noise, but Zane counted into like a super sunset bomb. That gets him a near fall. Uh, Zane goes for the blue thunder bomb. McIntyre blocks it and then just headbutts him. Goes for the claymore. Zane boots him 
and manages to hit a blue thunder bomb. The crowd are loving it. Uh, he tries a leapfrog, does Sami Zayn, but awkwardly lands on his leg again that he tweaked earlier. And uh, referee sort of checking on him. And McIntyre, the heartless bastard that he is, just chop blocks the crap out of it. Michael Cole calls it compassionless. Uh, and as the referee checks on Zayn, McIntyre sees his moment and Claymore kicks his head off for the one, two, three. This was terrific. I love the chemistry these have got because. Drew McIntyre has this ability to be a, like a working giant. Uh, but again, Sami Zayn, guys that you kind of, you look at them in terms of where they are on the card and they're right at the same level. And then physically one is massive compared to the other. So you can tell sort of two different stories at mm-hmm. once. Sami has just told you, he's been at the promised land. He's been in the main event. So he's got that like confidence. He doesn't need, this doesn't need to be Razor Ramon and the one, two, three kit, but they can do spots like that. And they can have elements like that. And the selling of the leg wasn't just like really great selling from an experienced pro mm. wrestler that knows what the hell he's doing out there. Mm. It was really thoughtful in how they wrapped it into the psychology of the match. Sami Zayn, I can think of the suplex, the blue thunder bomb, and one other, uh, at least one other example of this, and I think there was probably more, where Sami's leg was stopping him being able to do the move, but he kept persevering to do the move because that's the difference between the two people. Sami's yeah. persevered through his problems while Drew was refused to. And like just to fold that injury into the actual makeup of the match is sort of the difference between a good TV match and one that you actually remember and think about. This was tremendous, and more wrestlers who do this device and try to also do their stuff at the exact same time. You should watch and just see how it's done. Seth Rollins. Sami <laughs> Zayn was tremendous in like persevering, battling through, and his actual selling just felt so authentic mm. to the point when I was watching this match and just really locked in. I thought this was one of the better TV matches on WWE television anyway of the year, and it was elevated... Not entirely, like Drew McIntyre is dialed in to yeah. this heel mm-hmm. role. He seems like he has a complete new lease of life. As Hamful points out, he's so good at like wrestling as if frustrated. Mm-hmm. Like, how many times have you, via exposition, heard a wrestler say, I've got a chip on my shoulder? Yeah. Not just Drew, obviously. <laughs> well, wrestlers keep talking about being hungry at the moment. I don't really like that. Yeah. Weird. And he wrestles like he's got that chip on his shoulder. There's an extra, like, you know, when Jim Ross, right, has his, uh, sort of Rolodex of cliche. <laughs> and he'll, whenever someone turns heel, they'll say, oh, he's wrestling way more aggressively. Yeah. Like, Drew McIntyre can actually show and not tell that <laughs> yeah. in his work. I thought this was really sort of um, textured yeah. for a WWE TV match. And, my God, Sammy's selling. It's like the difference, like we saw it with Eddie Kingston on Collision, like the difference is what you can do in those spaces between moves with your selling, the way you convey pain, your body language, your facials, because that's what professional wrestling is and should be. And you see a million moves matches. And we got two later on tonight that I thought kind of paled in comparison to this, which might not be fair on the main event, mm. but certainly the tag match. The Sammy, like, as a viewer, leaves you with the, like, you're constantly, you've got the crosshairs on his leg. Mm. So the last thing you want is the dirty cheating bastard Drew McIntyre too. And then when he does take advantage, you've been waiting for that and almost dreading it. And that's, that's the art of this sort of stuff. Uh, so we go backstage, Byron Saxton's chatting to Shayna Baszler, Zoe Stark's there, talking about facing former partner Nia Jax, and she said, I put her on the shelf two years ago by breaking her arm, I'm going to do that again tonight, limp from them, all that good stuff, and Nikki Cross is being spooky in the background. Oh, oh hi. Uh, there's a great video. What a job. Stand there. Hell. There's a great Hell video. fire. <laughs> great <laughs> video package for Jey Uso. No yeet, though. Seen, you've seen about all this. Seen this? You heard about this? Yeah. That's going to preserve Yeet in amber, isn't it? Mm. That would have absolutely been something, probably by Christmas, that would have been like, oh, I've 
I've absolutely had enough of that. I remember the good old days of the press conference. You would have loved Yeet if he was doing it in 2035. I remember the good old days of the press conference a month ago with Cody. Like, great time. But now almost, I think it'll, it won't ever become a what. You know, it'll just, like, the fans obviously can chant it and whatever. Yeah. But that's it, the fact that it's been this. I feel a bit sorry for Jey because obviously it got hugely over, but... As something now I'll just remember it fondly before getting absolutely pig sick of it. This was the best night possible for him for this to have happened to him, if that makes any sense, yeah. because he kind of proved himself. And look, spoiler alert, I'll go into why I wasn't as high on the main event as I saw a lot of people were, certainly WWE themselves. But he kind of proved that he still got that undying bond with the, yeah. uh, with the, with the crowd. At this point, yeet or no, that main event crystallized that he's a made man. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it is it's so funny that they had to like blur it out and cut it out of everything on this because it was a great video package talking about Jimmy, obviously, the man he loved the most, costing him the Universal title, had to leave the... Uh, convinced himself he was done, then he got a call from Cody. Uh, Rhodes told him he couldn't quit, start fresh, create his own legacy. He's been fighting for others his entire life. From now on, he's fighting for his legacy. Uh, he knows what Seth's all about, but Rollins is just about to find out how hungry he is. He's going to prove to the world, to his family, and to himself why they call him main event Jay Uso. It's been a story I've really enjoyed, and like I know you bloody love Jay Uso on Raw. Love, like, it's your favorite just, thing in the world. I said, it's, it, I said at the time when I was proven absolutely one hundred percent correct. This will have a load of different spin-offs that will be useful for the rest. It's of been the a year. good sort of butterfly like, effect, yeah. Mm. And like the we said this with um, Eddie Kingston, we were talking about in the Continental Classic. What Triple H at least understands for the most part, it's they're not perfect with the finishes, but he knows that you can tell more stories from defeats than victories. Mm -hmm. Like you see this over and you see it more on this show. Ultimately, the setbacks that people have experienced are the ones that you can actually draw from. And Jey Uso, you know, spoiler alert, losing later on in the night, loses nothing ultimately because you're still seeing this character progress. And that's how it should have always worked. Like the idea that Vince McMahon just believed that all of these wrestlers would look weak so nobody could get beat or nobody could care if they lost and it was on to the next one. It, they were, it was killing characters for decades. Uh, we go for a backstage update on, on Sammy's injury, but Drew just comes in and chucks Sammy all over the place. Talk about my damn family, he says. Beats him down. You're not, we're nothing alike. You brought this on yourself, and then he stamps on his injured leg, uh, possibly breaking it, but he's, Sammy's done. Jay's coming to check on him, but he's, he's buggered. The family line wasn't a throwaway, was it? Because, again, Drew has been like, well, this is why I've put you on the shelf with a brutal backstage attack. You dare mention my family. So, score draw? It's obviously not. And he did say only one of us is walking out tonight, yeah. and he's actually fulfilled that for once, where people make those sorts of threats. His character's outstanding, <laughs> like Drew McIntyre making a late play for like WWE's best booked like mm. stuff of the year, I would say. Uh, Byron Saxon can interview Becky, but Nia Jax interrupts. Uh, and they talk about, oh, I thought you'd forgot about me. Uh, but then you showed up in one of my interviews. I still owe you a receipt. Uh, and Nia says, once I'm done squashing Shayna, I'm all yours. Yeah. Uh, which kind of told you what was about to happen, if you didn't know already, in Nia Jax versus Shayna Baszler. Uh, Shayna got some decent offense in. She hit a running knee early on uh, and was targeting the arm, as she promised she would. Uh, but Nia Jax powerbombs her way out of an arm bar in the co corner. Uh, Jax trips her on the apron and hit that leg drop of hers. Uh, squished her head into the ring post with a big hip attack. Um, cuts off for a comeback attempt and uh, hits a Samoan drop. Baszler avoids a hip another hip attack and sends her into the bottom turnbuckle. Running knee strike gets a two count. Uh, Jack's cut her off, though. Sent on. Near fall. Um, the big spot that didn't really get the reaction that, that they were hoping for, really, was Jax was on the second rope and Baszler 
pulled her off with a German suplex, which looked like it sucked for uh, Shayna Baszler to take. Um, she puts her in the Kirifuda clutch. Jax desperately tries to fight out of it and then realizes she can just jump backwards uh, to get Baszler off her. When she does that, Baszler's done. She drags her into the corner, annihilator, one, two, three. Becky Lynch runs out afterwards, but Nijax bails. Not half bad this, you know? Mm. And like, it turned into something not yeah. half bad, I would say. Well, Shayna Baszler's offense has never suited <laughs> to WWE. <laughs> Obvious thing to say, underdog babyface is about the last position I would cash in Baszler <laughs> yeah. in, and yet here we were. But Nia Jax was up for it, as she has been for most of this return. Like, whether or not it's, whether or not like the, Firing was a wake-up call or just she wants it to be different this time around, whatever it is. I think she's, like, proven for more than just the chaos reasons and the bit of fun that you get with her being a bit more sort of, like, loose on the microphone and stuff. I think she wants to earn this spot in a way that a lot of people thought she didn't the first time mm. around. And you can just see that in her, in her performance level. So, I th- like, this felt credible and I just wouldn't have expected it from the dynamic. And again, like, Becky and Nia, like, they left money on the table in 2018, but not much money. So as a TV program come December house show thing ahead of the Rumble, probably the exact right way to use this thing that everybody remembers and still talks about. Yeah, potentially keeping both Rumble winners fresh with these temporary feuds. What do you make of it? Uh, I have said it wasn't half bad by the end. (laughs) I don't really have much to say about it, to be honest. It's a pretty simple, basic match. It's weird to watch Baszler wrestle like she did. And it, it was just like the... Some cool stuff by the finish felt disconnected from the rest of the match, and the fans didn't care about it. I'll never remember this in a million years. How much are my, how much are my words worth? What's the ratio between what happens and what I talk about? I've had a bit of a philosophical thing recently. <laughs> Could you imagine a WWE writer asking themselves that question over the yeah. last 20 years? How much are my words worth, Vince McMahon? Nothing, pal. Just no one really cared in the audience, did they? No, that I that's still a problem with it the was quite hot elsewhere on the night, though. In fact, very hot mm. for certain things. He's got to earn more trust from the crowd over the women's division, I think. Like on Raw, especially. The oh, it's yeah. been lousy. WWE right here at home, oh, man. I just don't know what I'm doing here. How much are my words worth? Hey, 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 hey. You the one who wrote, fear less. Well, I fear more. So. Never forget that. Never forget it. Uh, they hype up. That's what writers want to do, isn't it? Like sitcoms, they want to get their jokes on like an episode of Friends. Like, that, that was my joke. Can you imagine if Fear More was yours? I know. You wouldn't want anyone to find out about that, <laughs> would you? Uh, they hype up. Uh, well, they talked about CM Punk's return and his, his promo on Raw, and he's coming to SmackDown, of course, this week, which we'll talk more about on Friday. And then you've got Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell wishing Gargano and Champa luck ahead of their two out of three falls match with Imperium. Here comes Vinci and Kaiser. Uh, actually, this was a good good line. He wrote, they said, oh, what a lovely couple of losers. Sting, got them. Uh, and they said, oh, well, why don't you go out there and impress Gunther, said Lorraine Hartwell. Uh, and DIY leave. And Kaiser reminds Vinci how important this match is. Bring your best. And Vinci's like, yeah, you do too. And then we got their two out of three falls match, Gargano Skip. and Champa. <laughs> Not skipping this. It was I got, 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 got into it by the end. There was a lot, a lot worse tag matches on this show, which we will get to. Uh, early on, Champa gets isolated, finally gets over to Gargano. Uh, slingshot spear to Kaiser. They set up meet in the middle, but Vinci uh, pulls Gargano out of the ring and Kaiser schoolboys Champa, holding on to the tights to get the first fall. Sort of as we predicted this, really, on the, uh, on the Raw preview. Uh, Gargano and Champa. I like Gargano and Champa. Wipe out Kaiser and Vinci with dives and do the DIY backslap spot. And I was like, you're one nil down. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to talk about that right now. That was my big key thing that I was going to talk about. Actually, you know what? I'll save the rant till the end. Okay. <laughs> the recap of the moves. Um, 
We uh, yeah, so we come back. Imperium still control are in control after a break. They're set up for the Imperium bomb, um, but Champa makes the save on Kaiser. Gargana rolls up Vinci. That makes it one all. Um, they hit like a power bomb, <laughs> belly to back suplex uh, to get a two count. Vinci comes in and hits a backbreaker. They go for the Imperium bomb again. That gets broken up with the Hurricane Rana. Vinci hits that nice double springboard moonsault of his for a two. Um, everyone exchanges strikes. A DDT to Vinci puts everyone down. Um, Champa hits Kaiser with an air raid crash. DIY set up for meet in the middle. Sort of a carbon copy of what we saw. Vinci saves Kaiser. Kaiser tries to roll up Gargano holding the tights. This time Gargano kicks out. Uh, and DIY super kick Kaiser. They take turns super kicking him. Meet in the middle. One, two, three. Crowd got into it by the end. Well, I'll, I'll go first and if you've got a rant because I've got a lot to say on this. Okay, okay. I would be as critical of this more so in AEW because I think there's more of it and it's not what I want to watch. Good wrestling alone is not enough. That was the theme of my rant, but go on. And it, the one Stepping point... on my dick. <laughs> <laughs> the one point where, like, they got a bit of buzz. They had to wrestle. And I mean, like, wrestle their asses off as well for two falls to get it. Mm-hmm. The ratio's all wrong there. Like, this, this for me was proof that this DIY... Well, bloody wrestle till it works thing has not worked mm-hmm. and I would argue it's probably damaged Imperium a little bit as well as is the Gunter cause them dickheads regardless of what mm-hmm. they do after the fact which <laughs> I also think fails like I just wouldn't go wild in a building for this as opposed to for example Jey Uso's entrance they receive that man as a star they do not think that about these four men we need <laughs> urgently a referendum on what a good wrestling match is in 2023 I'm absolutely sick of this I I Watching this, like getting angry <laughs> at the prospect of me saying, ah, felt nothing. It was soulless. It was actually at points pretty stupid of a match. This, and you're going to get people saying, "Oh well, like you look at the athleticism, look at the pace, look at something like the the Vinci moonsault." You can't really criticize that. It's obviously it's gorgeous, isn't it? It's right gorgeous, now? but like, what isn't? <laughs> What isn't gorgeous now? What does this mean? Mm. There's something later on this show that, like, one spot that out on another tag match that outworked everything in this match, yeah, because of how what it means and yeah, how it, yeah. This is meaningless, back and forth, soulless, homogenized, like over familiar nothingness to me. And it, because the moves got a little bit hotter, sounds like a '90s observer that, <laughs> <laughs> and a little bit more furious in the exchange. The crowd like, oh, right. This is the cue now. I'm a, a dog in a science experiment. Said, exact, uh, uh, uh. said this on the preview. You said this word for word, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. I knew it was going to be like this. And I'm just... You can't say, oh, it's good. Well, two out of three. Was it good? Or was it sort of every single match you've ever seen for how many years at this point? Like when there's going to... There can't really be a stylistic shift now, I don't think, because we are post-hybrid in terms of the general ring style, right? Like, everyone can fly, strike, do submissions. Like, the, the hybrid wrestlers from ROH, then the WWE's... WWE's not the WWE, but the f*** am I talking about? <laughs> WWE's, I hate it so much, man. The World Wrestling Federation sounds good. And by Bretton, the WCW. Because <laughs> the Federation is like... You can put the in front of yeah. that organically. The entertainment. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's stupid. You sound like an asshole, right? WWE eventually embraced like this style. Well, I want to watch the entertainment. And that's a big problem with it because WWE took so long. And this is my perspective as someone who like bought loads of ROH tapes and all the rest of it. But like, it's now so commonplace that the actual main roster fans have seen a version of this style forever that it's got to be sort of meaningless to them. And evidently it is by the crowd reaction. Like, I've seen this sort of style 
time and time and time and time and time again. And it's just, I feel so little for it. And more to the point, right, if you are watching this match and you're thinking, oh, it's really good, it's like, we're well, not looking at it close enough. He's getting worked by hot moves with a Z. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, So Will One points this out in the recap. So they do this um, first fall finish where there's a roll-up. And then seconds later, it's not like, where's the... Right, I've completely remembered what I was going to say two minutes ago. In this post-hybrid world, right, strikes, dives, sort of like 50-50 exchanges, this imported but soulless strong-style psychology where oh, the little bit of energy I have left, I'm going to do a super kick on you. Uh, I'm going to collapse to the mat because my <laughs> adrenaline has deserted me, right? Because you've done every single physical style is sort of homogenized into itself and you've studied all the tapes from the 90s and absorbed those into this sort of North American hybrid style. It's going to be hard for anyone to do a new thing in wrestling. And I've just had this sort of epiphany when you're watching Sami Zayn and you're watching Eddie Kingston, maybe you just need to be a bit more like fundamentals about it, body language. Like, make me fucking feel something mm. for it. And I felt nothing for the characters in this match because you have Champa and Gargano. They lose a fall because they get rolled up, right? They don't go, shh. <laughs> we are up against it here. Our chances of winning have just kind of reduced badly. Mm. Christ, how do we regroup, right? There's a potential title shot on the line, and none of this gravity was conveyed to me because within seconds, right, they pat themselves, on, they literally pat themselves on the back for getting beat. Yeah. Like, what, what are we doing here? And then the, all of that narrative potential you have to do like a really cool comeback and like, oh, we're still in this. An equalizer. I'll just do a, just do trade roll-ups across, what, three or four minutes and then do another match. Why was this two out of three falls? It's such fake telling people what a good match is. And I'm sick of it. Like, it's just really irritating. Uh, if we put, quote-unquote, good wrestlers in there, how good can they be at this point if they're so irrelevant, by the way? Isn't the whole point of being a wrestler getting over and staying over? DIY, for me, we're not there at all, right? Um... And what's so good about two out of three falls is the first two falls don't create any drama, any suspense, any emotion, no clamor, no fervor among the fans to sort of get DIY back into this buddy thing with our support. It just happened, and you whack two out of three falls onto it because it's a quote-unquote great match stipulation. You put great wrestlers in it, then you just put it on Raw, and people pretty like, what? just watch it critically. It's actually not very good at all. I totally agree, and it's like wrestling is an audio-visual experience, and even if you're watching and seeing the good moves, the fact that the audience aren't making noise is a critique of the moves mm. themselves, you know? Like, the the another issue I sort it of It feels found, like watching the Bushwhackers in 1996 days. Well, <laughs> it's just, it's just it's, it feels ancient it's, to me. It's I, I don't disagree with anything that you said, right? And I think that... So I'm, I'll generally praise WWE's booking in 2023, Triple H's methods for the most part. But an issue I still think he has is that he's a bit, and it's not with everybody, but he can be a bit with his wrestlers' wrestlers, a bit one-size-fits-all. Yeah. This method of wrestle most or every week, even if you come up short, people are having takeaways from your matches, so you're getting over. It's working with 
Dragon Lee mm-hmm. on SmackDown. Like, it's been quite effective. Like, and I wouldn't even say this is like old WWE thing. Well, I don't really want to give them promo time because they're even moving away from that. Just because you don't speak English, there's a way for you to get over the microphone. But they have decided that we think Dragon Lee's got enough snap in his matches that he's going to, and it's effective, right? Yeah. And then I don't think Santa Escobar at the pay-per-view really delivered. But nonetheless, I think the attempt was a noble failure, right? And it certainly helps. Oh, there was a noble, it was eight minutes. Anyway, carry on. But like it helped Santos as well. So it, yeah. was, it was maybe maybe that run was sacrificed for his development, perhaps. But nonetheless, Dragon Lee was established pretty quickly through mm-hmm. nothing more than great work and a couple of those spots where you just like, wow, like what, what else is he going to do next? Mm-hmm. You know, you were not getting them for DIY, and nor should you really expect them because they've been at this in the eyes of the WWE fans a long, long mm-hmm. time. If you're an NXT devotee, you've seen it all. You've seen everything they do, heel, babyface, single tag. If you're a main roster fan and you've never heard of them, which you could guess at from the receptions they got last year, you've had a year and a half of watching them do this stuff to weaker effect. Like, we've seen a lot of these moves fail DIY, and now all of a sudden they're working, so what does that say about Imperium? The two out of three falls point is a great one as well, because if and when the heels win the first fall in a two out of three falls match, like, we lean on football analogies all the time. But, like, that second fall should be, like, sending your keeper up for a corner. Like, you should be absolutely grabbing every spare leg. You should be just taking every opportunity you can to level playing field because, oh, oh no. Like, like, now we're sort of staring over the cliff edge. And the fans didn't feel any of that. So, you know, everybody in the building was just waiting for the IY to level it up. Mm-hmm. And then that, that lifting of the noise... Which, like, I don't think that is a acknowledgement that over time the DIY run has worked or the Imperium characters have gotten over or whatever. So every, I, that happens in every Raw match? I think it's just, well, this is what we do when the match is coming to an end. So what has the pre-existing two falls been for? Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I totally agree with Sidge on this. It was like, it's a failure of concept and characters and storytelling. And if you want to get blinded by moves, watch them in the Sammy and Drew match, watch them in the Creed's match later on, mm-hmm. and see where they make so much more sense as well as just looking cool. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, following that, we go backstage. Uh, Chelsea Green and Piper Niven are there to chat to Tegan Knox and Talia. Obviously, they beat him last week. Uh, they're winding each other up. Uh, Green tells Natty that Tegan Knox isn't your meal ticket. And Natty goes after her, and Knox is not happy, and they have a bit of a row. Uh, um, Creed Brothers are warming up, uh, squatting with members of the New Day on their shoulders, uh, and they're feeling good about their match with Judgment Day. In comes Alpha Academy. 
Chad Gable offers to show him some tips. The Creed's politely decline. They're going to stick to their methods. Uh, Akira Tozawa's going to do his dance, but Maxine Dupree uh, does some squats with him on her shoulders. Uh, and then uh, we go to Judgment Day's locker room, and uh, you'll never guess. Bloody uh, R-Truth's in there again, isn't he? God, what's he like, eh? Uh, Damien Priest's annoyed. He says, uh, bloody leave. And Truth, Truth's like, come on, JD, off you go, mate. It's like, uh, Madonna, Madonna's like, no, you get out. And then for a brief second, he was like, right? You were, you were talking to him. Uh, and they get rid of Truth, who says, well, we, need to re- we really need to tighten up security in our locker room or whatever it's called. Well, I forgot what they called their little... The club clubhouse. clubhouse. Thank you. Uh, Priest, uh, not happy about Drew, saying, oh, you know, he just felt like he could join us, and now he's better than us, and da-da-da-da-da. Uh, Dom's like, well, Mammy said no one touches Drew. Priest's like, well, she's not here tonight, neither's Finn. You heard everyone in the building go, huh? She says, I'm in charge tonight. You two need to go out there and handle the Creed brothers. Anything you want to say about any of these? Um, I will say that the comedy was obviously terrible. It's the kind of comedy only people who watch only WWE could remotely find a tiny bit funny. Strap in. You showed (laughs) this to anyone else in the, like, sitcoms exist. You could just watch a sitcom. You could watch a stand-up. You could have some, like, friends and laugh with them with your own in-jokes and stuff. Like, I hated all this. Underneath all of that bollocks that I hate, Rolled One, such an asshole is they are doing something quite clever with the creeds. Not yeah. clever, but effective, yeah. or it will take root and be effective later on. They are implanting in the minds of the audience the creeds are the new hot big thing, the number one contenders, they're the team that all the other teams are like thinking are great. It's not bad promotion of the creeds, and we'll eventually get them over. What are you laughing at? I just thought the moment you said that, I was like, I was going to say, oh, I, I love in-jokes. I hope to be part of one one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, the, I mean, the creeds bit as well, they stole that from uh, Chris Statland. But what an effective visual. Remember how much that promo was shared where yeah. she's doing the deadlifts with Renee Young? Yeah. Or Renee Paquette. And, like, it was just, it, what a cool visual. It instantly tells its own little story, and they did it twice in that segment, and, like, it's, it was effective, and it left you with a memorable visual. Entire artery's judgment, I think, was good. Uh, loved every bit of it. There was that bit where um, there was that bit where Priest was like, hey, "Truth, what's your deal?" And Truth goes, "Deal. I got a great deal on this TV." It's nearly, oh my god, are you joking? He called it a nearly flat screen, right? Because it was an old CRT. And it. Damien Priest, they had to tighten the camera in because you could You're tell, pissing yourself. You could tell, so was Damien Priest. You could tell Priest, and I think Dominic had just gone, so they had to go right in on this little flickering telly for a second. Our truth and judgment day for the next eight weeks, please. Like we have our new Sammy in the bloodline. Oh boy. Oh boy. How is it like how is we, it what did he just say? How is it we've got our new Sammy in the bloodline? How is it gonna get leapt to the defense of something that I thought was very good, not great then? How is it gonna you get, compare it to that? How is it gonna like get that much next week? King L, man. This was um too club, far gone. The clubhouse you, you is know, so I've made this analogy before, right? He's are in QAnon. You're in WWE. I really hate that. I don't like that. Okay, should I say cult then? Yeah, that's better. Not much better, but I'll take that (laughs) over. Like, let's we'll get one step out of the horrible nonce stuff. Then we'll move to cult, and we'll find something that's like. I'm not saying you're horrible nonce. Reasonable and not. You're sort of of alluding to it with that comparison. It was just just the first. What's uh, what's a cult that sends people nuts? (laughs) And it's you and the Fed. The uh, analogy. Don't be so defensive. The clubhouse and our truths sort of existence within it to me is like. It's it's that lampshade and stuff that Kevin Owens does. Like, mm. this is pretty dumb. How are we going to have some fun with it? And it's our truth. Like, you need to work out security on your traveling arena clubhouse. 
That's uh, a bit of me, that. I think on the preview next week, we should pitch uh, scenarios for our truth in the Judgment Day Clubhouse. Yeah, especially because I'm not here. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I, will, I will not be doing that. <laughs> so I'll be host, and then I'll just ask this. I want five. Fairly confident I won't do it. <laughs> uh, then it was time for... Oh, God. Is there a good cult you'd like to be compared to? Because you're in one. Uh, there we go. I'll take that one. Cult of personality, very good, Adam. Because WWE is kind of all about personalities, isn't it? Stories. Stories. Caring stories. Natalia and Tegan Knox versus Caden Carr and Katana Chance. Skip. Skip. Yeah, I, I know Skip means skip, but I do want to quickly mention, because you know you had your one last week. Where What was it, Natalia? She was like, yeah! Yay! <laughs> this week. I felt so sorry. <laughs> she, can you do that again? You be the crowd, right? It's, uh, I can't remember who out of Carter and Chance was in the ring, but Tegan was in there, and Natty went, you're the crowd. Tegan! 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 Carter and Chance won. Enough of all that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five-star review review. Nailed it! And this week's five-star review review is brought to you by Ethan McKay. If you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related, uh, you can do so by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Or, like Ethan's done, leave us a five-star rating on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And then email it to me. Adam. Do- we need the proof. <laughs> and then email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. That's exactly what Ethan's done. Uh, Ethan's from Australia. So, they're really all sense. from Australia. Yes, Adam, they're all from Australia. <laughs> they're all ants, Adam. <laughs> Hello <laughs> from Sydney, Australia, writes Ethan. One time listener, first time caller. Uh, last, I just, last time caller. I just want to say thank you for. You know what they're in for. Yeah. I just wanted to say thank you for making such an incredibly enjoyable and entertaining podcast about something as weird and wacky as pro wrestling. I hope to one day find something. Uh, that I am as passionate about as uh, as Adam Wilborn is about NXT, Michael Hamlet is about Double J, and Michael Sidgwick is about Kenny Omega. Oh, yeah. I, I was going to get buried then. Yeah. <laughs> Paranoia kicked in. <laughs> passionate about Michael Sidgwick is about being a little <laughs> It's usually what they do. That sounded because of the voice. It sounded lifted from a real thing. <laughs> yeah. oh, bloody idiots on that podcast. They work today in the bloody life in this business. Uh, Ethan continues... <laughs> Just got the temerity to bury me. <laughs> Ethan continues. Uh, I finished my university degree this year, and your podcast helped me keep me sane on the drives to and from campus, along with campus. Oh, or would be campus. I can't do the accent. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do accents, obviously. I thought I can't do an Australian I, accent. This is not Lord. It's not an intro. I can't do it. Sometimes Cockney, and it comes out an American. Then I genuinely thought. It was yeah. Uh, if I was an Australian, mate, and I was going to university for my lectures, <laughs> I got a campus. Lectures. As you were saying that, I was like, I don't so know. So I was trying to do Fletcher, lecture. Campus. Oh, yeah. As you were saying that, I thought, I don't know if I can say campus in an Australian accent. We'll try. No. I've, I've ruined it now. Campus. You've, you've nailed it. You've, you've perfected it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, where are we, anyway? Uh, what do you need to try lectures. <laughs> At the end of some of the long days. Uh, Ethan, Ethan works as a massage therapist and generally works with one earphone in. Yeah. Fair enough. Picture that. Picture that. Picture that if you're like you're trying to like create this incredibly like sort of relaxed, de-stressed environment 
and like someone's like uh, you know Charlie horse or something that they really need like taken care of and I'm like alright I'm gonna stay I need to completely relax my body because I'm cramping I'm so tense it's really sore hello <laughs> <laughs> if the thing pops out the earbud <laughs> I, 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 the now. yeah yeah this means I'm quite I'm quite often massaging whilst listening to this podcast. Again, this helps pass the time, but can be incredibly difficult for me to hide my laughter, especially when I sporadically hear Sidgwick, aka Lemmywick, ye- le- yelling. <laughs> whilst I don't want to be too sappy because we don't want to develop parasocial relationships with wrestlers and podcast hosts, I do want to say your work brings a lot of joy to a lot of people. So thank you for that. Uh, for the five-star review review, please pick anything from Shawn Michaels' match with God or anything that's just as dumb. Uh, please find and close my uh, screenshot of my five-star review review on Spotify along- alongside a screenshot of my Spotify wrapped with my total minutes listened to this fine podcast. Cheers, Ethan. P.S. I was the guy on the Survivor Series live stream asking about the Dadly Boys merch. Why is the Dadly Boys crotch chop shirt not a thing yet? I don't know. Yeah, We're working on it. Um, oh, you already know this because I, I read this out to you in the office. Do you want to take a guess at how many minutes Ethan listened to the podcast this uh, year? 25,000. Good guess. 47,992 minutes. Ethan is in the top 0.1% of wow. our fans. Oh, Unbelievable. Thank you, Ethan. Thank you so That's much, Ethan. Incredible. Amazing. Thank you for that, Ethan. And uh, yeah, I, I, I thought I'll not do the match with God. Because, mm. yeah. Uh, so instead, I, I thought, I'll see what I can find. That's off limits. Uh, surrounding, yeah. yeah. What's that about? Surrounding. Uh, do podcasts every day about fictional characters. Sean Michaels. Oh, Ricky Gervais. <laughs> Sorry, I'm cool. Like the most meaning, portraying the most right wing answer in the world. Sorry, I went, to, went to a nativity this morning. It was a bit much. <laughs> I've had all my fill for the next 12 months. I'll have to sit through it again. I mean, enjoy it again. <laughs> so I, I found uh, Sean Michaels uh, doing. A bit of a, a bit of a shill job for WWE Shop, uh, all the way back on the tw- in the twenty fifth of November, two thousand eight. What were Degeneration ups up to back then? Well, you asked me this before, and it threw me. Two thousand eight. I was uh, they, them with Jericho. They right? were both being goaded. Yeah. So like they well, just, one well, of them was being goaded. Nah. <laughs> Triple H's two thousand eight on SmackDown until it came to a crushing end when he believed he could have a good singles match with Vladimir. Uh, it's because it was Great Carly pilled. Awesome summer series with the Great Carly. He took himself off to SmackDown, bless him. Thought he'd ruffle some hair on the blue brand, and it wasn't half bad. Like, and Jericho and Michaels carried Raw throughout the whole year. It was amazing. Uh, I and October, November came along, and they're now going on. So it was like, well, what can we do for Christmas? Just sell merchandise every week. They got the band back together just to flog glow sticks. And Shawn Michaels was still skint enough that he had to be Bradshaw's houseboy. <laughs> yes, I, I recall this. Because the financial crash. I know we lost a lot of money, Sean. Uh, the thing about it, uh, we like to mirror society with our stories. <laughs> Who's that? Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard. Like to mirror society. Sean, like, if only I could get out of this feud with Bradshaw, then I could have, like, an all-time with The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they're not alone on this WWE shop advert, but we'll get to that. Um, together they say, good evening, we're D-Generation X. And uh, HBK says, the holiday season is upon us, uh, but... The word cock is going to appear, isn't it? Possibly. Yeah. It was 2008, so maybe. And they'll do the thing where Sean sort of looks the other way. Mm. Oh, no. It's all the time. <laughs> 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 yeah. The holiday season is upon us, says HBK, but we here at DX <laughs> understand that that can be a stressful time. Triple H says it can be stressful, Sean. 
carry on. Oh, that was, that was, that was quick even for me then. It can be stressful, Sean, which is why he, we here at DX have just two words for you. Are you ready? <laughs> That's three words. Says HBK. Just go with it, Sean. Because nobody's ready. Everybody's got tons of so-called loved ones that they have to buy gifts for this Christmas. Uh, we've got some ideas for you, such as the new G-Generation X basketball jersey. It's absolutely hideous. I've got to say this. Um, and HBK holds it. <laughs> <laughs> for those listening on uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your audio podcasts from, um, Adam Wilborn, who's just described something as hideous, is wearing a Space Jam Christmas jumper. Baby faces and heels on each side. Yeah. Oh, nice, yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, Sean Michaels is holding it up. He says, uh, available on www.shop.com. He looks at Triple H and he says, where's your shirt? And uh, Triple H says, well, I, I was going to hold it up because they were meant to do it together. But uh, I went the extra mile and I got a model. And the uh, whistles are over. But... It's time to play the game! Which WWE diva have they got to model the DX basketball shirt? 2008. I think I know who this is, but okay. it goes in one of two directions. Kelly Kelly. I think is the correct answer, but if it's not her, they've gone, it's me, Young. Uh, but I think Sid's I think right. I think it's Kelly Kelly, because the, the implication was Triple H. Like, is slash could shagger if he wanted to, because he's funny and cool and handsome. Funny, <laughs> funny cool, handsome. Don't forget, like, a badass. Yeah. <laughs> champion. King of kings. The ass kicker. Is, it's massive, and it ain't made out of plastic. <laughs> and so, it ain't just in my nose, which is also both those things. Yes. Uh, it's it's like, also my dick. It's my cack. So, Sid, your guess is? Kelly Kelly. Bingo! Is correct. And she walks in. What's the first thing they say? Take a guess at that. It's an innuendo, isn't it? It's mm, not necessarily. So it's just... It's just objectifying. All oh, right, okay. Oh. No, not going to guess that. It's a trap. It is a trap. <laughs> it is a trap. They, they just say, <laughs> you have to admit, she looks better in it than I do. Hmm? That's yeah. quite tame for that. Yeah. Uh, and HBK's like... Triple H is like, not really. <laughs> <laughs> To do a bicep pose, actually. Yeah, yeah, Sean yeah. said it. He was like, what? I need to be held back. Uh, HBK's like, nice. Where do you two meet then? Triple H's like, oh, we met at the commercial shoot for the video game. And uh, HBK's like, the video game? Do you mean SmackDown versus Raw 2009? But, oh, God. It, hold your sides. Because they're going to split. <laughs> He's holding it upside down. So. <laughs> but thankfully, Kelly Kelly says, oh, Sean, I think you got that upside down. Triple H is like, oh, got it. No, you're wrong, Sean. It wasn't at their video game advert. It was a sex havers convention. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you used to go there in the 90s, remember it? <laughs> so Sean, I carried your bags there. I stood outside and wanked. <laughs> Who has all the sex, Sean? <laughs> Me. Uh, so Sean says, oh, yeah, it's a... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He says uh, it's available on all video game systems. Do you want to try and guess the three video game systems he suggests? Right, okay, so it's 2008. I actually owned one. The Xbox 360 was uh, 
quite big in 2008. Today. Oh. That was the generation which the would be the PS3. The PS3 yeah. in that area. And uh, I need oh. my dinner. What about the Nintendo DS? The that. Nintendo DX. Maybe they called it the Nintendo DX. The Nintendo DX, DX the Xbox. The Xbox. Far better than what they've come up with. In the Penis, penis 3. three. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking so much better than every single one of these. Because he says it's available on all video game systems. The PlayStation 475. The Y box and the Wii 3 4000. Jesus Christ. Jeez. Who's writing this copy? What was the line you said earlier on? My words for nothing. I, I, and, uh, that's abysmal. That's so... That, they're, not jo- they're, that's pro- they're not jokes. No. No. Well, this is the thing. So Kelly Kelly says, oh, naturally, Sean, it's PlayStation, Xbox 360, and Wii. They do that awful bit. You know, they used to do this when it's like, this is dying to death. Uh, Cole, just audibly laugh on microphone. So he's going, (laughs) you can just hear that. And Sean goes to carry on the advert. But Kelly Kelly, I'll take it from here, Sean. And you can get it on wweshop.com. He's like, that's it, get out of here, go. And they start yelling at her. Yeah, get out of here, says Triple H. Uh, HBK's like, steal my thunder, sister. Triple H says, I don't want you to be here anyway. Hey, I want the shirt back. And he gets the shirt back, but um, obviously you know what that implies. Yeah, it imp- well, you don't. No. It implies that she took it off and is now bare-breasted and exposed. That makes sense because Triple H looks and says, what? It's time to play the game! Time to play time the to play game! game. What festive thing does Triple H say when he sees topless Kelly Kelly? Because before he said festive, I was just going to think, nice tits. Festive thing to, in presumably very enthusiastic response to seeing a topless woman. You can get this. Don't think too hard about it. Not ho, ho, ho. No, no, no. Jingle bells. Says jingle bells. It's gonna be a very merry Christmas. I know it's a merch ad, but that is weak. That's weak. 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 How long did they have for this? They didn't reach the highs of the 2060X run in terms of its comedy writing. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, and there were some pretty low highs. (laughs) A miserable old summer that was. Oh god, it was horrific. Where are you gonna stand? Because Dieter's gonna drop something on your head, and it's probably gonna be poo. (laughs) (laughs) That was quite funny. Sean covers his eyes with a video game and then shills for the, the game one last time. God, I hate it. Sean Michaels. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Yeah, the guy covers his have eyes and he books NXT in 2023. <laughs> you have to walk around in the sleep. Oh, no, I can't look at a woman who was my wife. Oh, I've listened to the shoot. Uh, An action. He's at one of them uh, barbecue <laughs> pool parties. <laughs> Talk about vengeance, dear. <laughs> um... Now, WWE.com, I turned the comments off, but I found another comment section. Don't you worry. Um, and you'll never guess what my the first comment I found was, Sitch. Uh, I wish I was a video. I wish I was a T-shirt. Ah! Yeah. Douglas writes, I hope reincarnation is real because I want to come back as that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on her anymore. No. If you, like, say this, uh, how long ago was this comment? Ten years ago. 
So that's 2013. So five years ago, a <laughs> T-shirt probably right. It's not. It's no longer on Kelly Kelly. In fact, it wasn't even on her no. by the time the segment's finished. No. That he's watching. Unless he's just went, oh, it's just a T-shirt. <laughs> and he's like, oh. right, okay. They have to die, and it's like by the time it finally goes through, I'm on the floor. Uh, <laughs> no end. They can't sell it now because it's been worn. So. Oh, it's in the bin. You know the bin. <laughs> it's in the bin. <laughs> No end of supernatural and magic powers just to jack it. Like it's I know, always, I know, always, I know. It's always for that end result, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> these do not reflect the views of myself, Dadly Boys, uh, Adam Nicholas, or Ethan, who's very kindly suggested uh, this five-star review. Review, sort of. <laughs> John writes, "I want the shirt to include that chick when you buy it. It would be the greatest purchase in life." It's not how it works, John. That chick. I, w- <laughs> I, w- I wish to buy. Off, I wish to buy your woman. Piss off that chick. Does <laughs> <laughs> chick come with a shirt? <laughs> no. Come with the X. What's that, that family guy? That chick is the Simpsons. Oh, do you come with the car? Like, <laughs> Just Shawn Michaels has got to say every time. Do you come with the X? <laughs> do you come with that? Is it? Do you come with the car from yeah. Simpsons? That's it. Yeah. Chick, uh, my God. Um, I got a bit confused by the next one, Sige. So right. you can help me out with this. I don't yeah, know if okay. someone's showing off their dexterity or what, because Mr. A-lister writes, I'm writing this with one hand. That's how people usually write. But do you ever when you're writing down notes, Wilborn, do you ever like go like this? Um and just for the audio listeners, I'm basically having um a pen in my hands. <laughs> no, doing that. So I don't know why you're asking. And basically, he's talking about how he writes with one hand. So he's typing. So his other hand's free. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Show off. It's I'm because right. he's masturbating. Oh, to uh, Kelly <laughs> Kelly <laughs> Hawking merchandise. Show off. KL KL Cool. This went out, when did I say it went out? 25th of November, was it? Yeah, 25th of November, 2008. And then again, oh no, it wasn't that year, but I like the idea you've got five five days left. KL writes, well, I've ruined no, not November because of this. That's the thing. That's that a tipping point, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, another one of my favourite gimmicks here, Sid. Loves the X t-shirt. Uh, yeah. Another one of my favourite gimmicks here, Sid, is when someone's so, uh, I need to write this. They get them, they spell stuff wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the blood really isn't in the head. They're not their one. <laughs> Kane, I think he's attempting a marriage proposal. Who, Glenn Jacobs? Uh, no. Uh, but he writes, OMG, Kelly, Kelly, cod, I mare you. <laughs> calm down. Just, you know. Get some blood back into your brain and just think about how you're going to do this. You've got one <laughs> shot at a proposal. You can't, you can't mess it up. It's very important. It's quite stressful, actually. There's a redos. No, there shouldn't be. There shouldn't it's be. It's awful. I, I hated the entire build-up on that day. It was awful. Oh, mine was like, no, I'll uh, story for another day. That's pretty good. Uh, Sandy. I, I, the logic leaps. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know what's going on here. Writes, presumably about Kelly Kelly. Supermodel, super mom, love you, mom. 
What? Supermodel, supermom, love you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> stream of consciousness. You think like she don't come in, don't come in. Mom bursts in. He just covers the second half of the comment. I was just like, how much I love you. I was going to say it as a surprise. I was going to buy you a TX basketball jersey <laughs> for Christmas, but you ruined it now. <laughs> What's your novel? <laughs> what is this? Final comment from Freddy. Uh, Does not remind the user. Because they can't get worse than that. Does not remind the user myself. Daddy boys, Nicholas, Ethan. Freddy just writes. Oh. Unreal. <laughs> I genuinely reckon. Unreal. Unreal. I genuinely reckon I'd finish shaking her hand. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Orton's over there saying, no, you're supposed to drop it first. <laughs> God damn it. It's <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> Thanks, Ethan. Thank you. Thanks, Ethan. Oh. What, main event time? <laughs> no, way off that, yeah. <laughs> Uh, actually, what came next was brilliant. Uh, Cody Rhodes comes out. Uh, he's not brilliant, messing about. I loved it. I really genuinely thought it was, oh, okay. was great. Cody Rhodes comes out. No messing about. He's in his gear. No, what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> None of that. <laughs> he says, Why well, say it then? <laughs> <laughs> he says... Yeah, we got one... Uh, a couple of matches, yeah. No, no, one more match and then the main event. Okay. Uh, he says the first time that he encountered Poison Mist was as a child, terrified the great Muta. Uh, and then he saw it up close last week and realized his fears as a child were justified. Um, but it was his own fault for not paying attention to all the clues that had been dropped by Shinsuke Nakamura. He was fo focused on greater aspirations, obviously declared himself for the Royal Rumble. But now Nakamura had his attention. He was ready. He invites uh, Shinsuke to emerge from the shadows and explain himself or he could march the ring and they could fight right now. And you see Nakamura on the screen. And he said, I made your eyes burn last week, but tonight I'll open them. I'll show you what you aren't seeing. The path we've taken is the same story. And we basically see footage of both men winning the Royal Rumble and then falling short at WrestleMania. Obviously, Cody with Roman and Shinsuke with AJ Styles. Um, Nakamura said, we suffered the same humiliation. We were left with pages unwritten. Um... The devil in your mind tells you that you'll never make it back. Um, Rhodes has awoken Nakamura. He's going to unburden him, take the story off his hands. Uh, Nakamura never got to finish his story, so now he will finish Cody's. Uh, and it cuts back to Cody, and he says, our stories aren't the same, uh, even if we do share a similar path. I won't respect you until you face me in the ring. If you think we're the same, why don't you prove it? This, was, I, this wasn't outstanding or anything. It wasn't great, but it was good. Uh, I thought it was better than that. Uh, well, I like Cody's delivery as per usual. There was a couple of details that I really admired about this. Cody said, I don't rate you, I don't respect you. And that is a callback to him saying, I thought I could respect Shinsuke Nakamura, but do you remember when he turned on Seth in that tag match? So he's got this, there's like, it's only like two months ago, there's a reason why Cody sort of lost the faith in what he thought Shinsuke Nakamura was. In the meantime, Nakamura has obviously gone off and had his big loss. They've found a link. That's like, I know that sounds like maybe low bar grading, but then I think that's probably the case in wrestling, let alone watching WWE. They have just found a link that makes enough sense 
for Shinsuke Nakamura, having lost his big opportunity at the title, to go for the other biggest star. You can't fight for a belt, but you can fight that guy, and he's the big star. I'm going to come for him. That's kind of what wrestlers should do. And in storyline, they found a good link. It's very, very December WWE, but it's the good version of December WWE. I don't really like April WWE as much as you do. <laughs> so December is a big, big problem. Yeah. Um, aye, they found a link. You I know what I mean? Really they found a link. I really it's one of those this. links where it's like, <laughs> let's think about the link. You know what? You can talk first. I really enjoyed this because me and Sage had a big thing on the preview yesterday, bemoaning, you know, you've just gone, <sighs> tell you what, Shinsuke. On that, we'll have a little bit of fun. We don't tell anything about what the, th- the thing. Okay. You're lost, aren't you, mate? Yeah. About your fantasy booking for it. Don't mention that when you're discussing this because we're going to play a game with Hamlet. Okay, yeah, All yeah. Right. All right. But yeah, we we said, uh, why, why Shinsuke? Why not anyone else? And we'll get into that in a second. And then they did this, and I was like, oh, that's actually really clever. Like, the, the mirroring of the stories and the, 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 the beauty of it is, and you talked about this oh, ages ago when you said about, they've not forgotten, obviously, the, the Cody Roman passing at SmackDown mm. and what have you. The fact that they're not afraid to reference that is a completely different way of thing, doing things from when Vince, they just be like, let's pretend that never happened and just make them look like un- invincible or whatever. I like the fact that they drew this comparison and it at least justifies picking Shinsuke for this. Like I say, I'm not going to cartwheels about it, but I was pleasantly surprised by the way they did it. Yeah, it's uh, one of those premises where if you unpack it a little bit, it's like, right, Shinsuke Nakamura, is he, what's his character? Is he trying to taunt Cody? Does he just want to have a little bit of a scrap of them? This is his reason. Uh, Is he mischievous? I think he's lost it a bit because he had his run at Seth lost. And that's when these promos started. And that's when he started targeting Cody. And again, Cody, as he said, had his eye off the ball because he was thinking about war games. So that's Nakamura. In his own head, like, I don't just... Trying to stay up there and trying to stay in it. We're in the motivated Nakamura era in kayfabe. At least, right? That's the character. That's what Triple H believes he still is. And the idea and the is, rings. if he can beat the other guy who had the same thing as him, at least he's better. Yeah, he's projecting us. And then back, right? Maybe the it's, rankings or whatever. You know, the, it's you know. a half decent premise, mm. which they will just attach to their usual boilerplate booking. But we'll see mm. how it goes. It's, it's next week as well, out. isn't it? Yeah. It's time to play the game. Wilborn had a physically impossible spot that he previewed for this <laughs> angle <laughs> he, on yesterday's Raw preview. We preview the shows as well if you only, uh, listen to the reviews or watch the reviews yeah. or wherever you get your podcasts from. So on that preview, what physically impossible spot did Wilborn have in mind for this face-to-face? I've got a gut feeling because one just popped into my head. Cody's in a match. He goes for the Cody Cutter, but in the, what, half a second that he's in the air, the opponent slides out the ring and in slides Nakamura. He hits him with a Kinshasa midair. No. That's impossible. He, yeah, there's a, it's an impossible like angle. Nothing to do with physicality, really. Mm. Think Wilborn. Uh, we see someone who we're led to believe, although they can't use him, obviously, is gold dust, but it's not gold paint on the face. It's red because Nakamura's broken his house and missed at him. It's getting close. You see that? You see that the gold dust boots. There's something. There's, no, you're wrong completely. Okay. There's something to do with mist, right? Uh-huh. Where Cody decides to be the one to mist Nakamura back. Red, white, and blue mist. Oh, me! 
Yeah, figure out a way. No, you can't figure out a way, dickhead. Three spooters in his mouth. That's what you suggested. Three spooters. I said one mile, red, white, blue. So we established that it would. You can't do it because you need to block up your mouth to do the. You can't do it all at once. These two pointed out. uh, It would just go pink. Just just wrestling (laughs) all in his mouth. Also, like if we're doing Cody Law, didn't he get uh, mischied by Malachi Black? Yeah. So he actually knows all about. The poisonous mist. This was red. That, uh, that was that was goo. There's different mists. There is. Yeah. There's, there's mist different mists. There is. Yep. I forget what it is. It always really annoys us. I think uh, red burns, green blinds, black paralyzes. Yes, yeah, saps you of uh, the energy. Red, white, and blue. Uh, makes you more American. <laughs> That's that point. Oh my God, the colors do run. And God bless. Because the United States. I think that's what happens to like legal helicopter. Like the helicopter pilot turned around and went. Triple spoot there, and all of a sudden he was red, white, and blue. I gotta slam Yokozuna, turn this helicopter yes. around. Yes, that was just that sudden, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jey Uso is backstage with. I'm Post- sorry, I love Cody Mist. That's brilliant. Then they could sell it, buy three like vape pens, but the kids can have them and put them in the mouth. Missed your parents. <laughs> I regret bringing this up. <laughs> Jey Uso asked Postman Pierce for an update on Sammy Sammy Zayn. Uh, Pierce is saying he's still being evaluated. And he's like, well, I'll go after Drew then. And he's like, you've got a world title match. Maybe focus on that. And he's like, oh, yeah, good point. And then Gunther appro- approaches Pierce and they go off to talk. Uh, and then we got the Creed brothers. This is JD McDonough and Dominic Mysterio. This was a load of fun. Um, early on, Brutus does the delayed vertical suplex, squats, and then just hands him off to Julius. Always gets a great reaction from the crowd. Um, the Judgment Day, or this version of the Judgment Day, get... Take over as we go to a break because uh, Dom shoves Julius off the apron and uh, McDonough hits both of them with a dive. When we come back, uh, Dom's going for the three amigos. Brutus counters, hits a suplex. Julius comes in and just starts doing ridiculous overhead suplexes, kipping off after each one. The crowd and Michael Cole really get into that. Uh, and uh, as he goes to tag, I think Brutus off the apron, Dom uh, yanks him off and... Uh, <laughs> McDonough, McDonough. Oh, complete Jesus dickhead. Christ. What a complete and utter dickhead. It's a poison rod. Eh? Leader jerks off edge. <laughs> off of the ladder. Dom, it's a 6 on 9 on Julius Creed, but he comes back, suplexes them both. Brutus pounces Dom over the announce table, and then they hit that Brutus ball finish on JD McDonough for the 1 2 3. I'm right. surprised you got through that. I'm really proud of you for getting Thanks through very much, it. Thanks, Dad. Uh, much absolutely kicked ass. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, they're they're nailing the creeds. Like it's, the, like the match is more so than the backstage stuff. But Sid is right as well. That does help because you've got other teams like slapping on the back and saying, "Wow, you are actually a force to be reckoned with." And then the matches prove it. It'd be one thing if you were just doing one or the other, but it's helpful that you're getting both. I like the fact that Don went backstage and was like, oh, no, "Real deal." You yeah, need to watch like out. again, heels rarely kind of speak like that. You're rarely allowed to do that in mm. WWE. So Domin- Dominic's a great one to do that because he's weak and sort of pathetic. He's like. I'm scared of them, and my character's allowed to say that he's scared of them. Uh, that kip-up suplex thing, you saw it last week. A bit like the first time they did the Brutus Ball as a doomsday. You saw the kip-up suplex thing last week, and you're like, every week, that's huge. Do that all the time. That lives here now. I yes. The only, the only problem I, sl- I slightly had with it was Michael Gold going, I've never seen <laughs> yeah. this before. Seven days ago. <laughs> but like, th- this is what you should do with acts like the Creeds. If they're showing you 
do you realise our bodies can do this? It's like, well, can you do it all the time, please? Because fans are going to go nuts mm. for that. A perfect, like, it's a, it's brilliant if you're on offence, but it's maybe even better as a comeback spot. Remember how much Sean used to get out with a kip-up? Oh, my Imagine, God, of course I bloody remember. Julius getting that and then just doing a barrage of suplexes. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I also like that the Judgment Day, now they've lost war games to the baby faces and it has levelled them a bit. They've got their own little NWOB team. Like, we're not being asked to think of J.D. McDonough as this, like, brand new threat in the group. He's, mm-hmm. like, he's a bit paranoid that he can't keep his place. Dominic's a loser, and this is a good way to use, like, the, the, the tag team champions are in the Judgment Day, but also so are these geeks. And our truth was out there for you as well. Indeed. I should have mentioned that, it's a, yeah. it's, it is a They're a sort of perfect fit for how to book the Judgment Day now, and the creeds were tremendous. I mean, there's just loads of fun there. You love Julius Creed, don't you? Julius Creed is the next face of this company for the next 10 years. I'm convinced of that. It's just a lot of fun. Maybe two minutes too long considering that they've been... McDonough and Dominic Mysterio are very much the goobers. Mm. So maybe two minutes too Mm. long where I was like, I started to think about the length it was going rather than just enjoying the athletic preposterousness of the match. But I was just really... I had fun watching this me. Um, in amongst all this, uh, Seth's meeting up with Postman Pierce. He says, Who? Uh, Oh, sorry, Seth Rollins. Uh, he says, by the way, the punk is going to be on Raw next week, and I'm going to sign him to an exclusive Raw contract. Not uh, if SmackDown gets there first, mm. obviously. Two weeks of it. Punk is back and he's in contractual disputes. <laughs> yes! Seth, just sorry when Punk does it, when Matt Hardy does it, it's rubbish. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because in this world, like, you could believe that people actually yeah, know want to sign CM sign. Punk. <laughs> I've got this open contract, not you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Seth uh, laughs this off and says, look, when Punk shows his true colours, you better allow me to do what i got to do. Uh, but anyway, tonight I've got a title to defend, and he has a face-off with Jey Uso. Jey says he's waited 15 years for this. Uh, Seth, you're looking at the new champion. He says, I'm gonna stomp. Uh, Seth says, I'm going to stomp your face the first chance I get. Jey says, well, I'm going to superkick your face the first chance I get. And uh, they show a little show of respect as they head out. Uh, a bit icky, the interaction between these two, but the, I think they've... I was a bit wary of... The Seth Rollins fighting the good fight for WWE thing with Punk, but I don't think that's a story. The story is going to be how long can Punk hold up the happy to be here old man? And he was so good as the happy to be here old man in his AEW run that I kind of think that first try at it in WWE is going to be great. And then watching the mask slip for the heel turn is going to be terrific stuff. I said this on the preview yesterday. I, th- I don't think it's an accident that Punk's not on this show. And he said it's frustrating, unquestionably. We said it was stupid to bring him in and then not immediately have him on the Raw mm. afterwards. Because, like you say, even if people did say, oh, Tuned in, it wasn't great, but I'll tune in next week. Oh, no, Punk. Or Randy Orton. Um, but I do think that, you know, Seth's going to say, maybe next week, maybe down the road, you called this place home, and then you stayed home for literally the second week that you could have been on Raw, whilst I defended the World Heavyweight Championship. And again, they've done this before. That Like, it's a great line, but that Cena Rock thing. You said you were home and you left again, but the goal was never really to think about how on earth the fans were supposed to receive the Rock. Punk is perfect, again, at, like being this baby face, but then, as he did in the promo last week, almost instantly, I see, like, the actual real person. And I think it just makes more sense as a baby face, mm. heel dynamic, I think. Yeah, Drew's still out on this. I still vehemently hold the opinion that it was just a bad promo. 
irrespective of what follows, I still mm. think it was just a bad promo that I could not believe in. Uh, that's not to say, and I said this last week, that's not to say this run doesn't hold potential. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so it was Seth Rollins versus Jey Uso for the World Heavyweight Championship. In the main event, uh, Jey had dedicated uh, the match to Omaga 14 years ago. He passed away. Um, early on in the match, uh, Seth goes for a stomp. Uso rolls him up for two. We go to a break. When we come back, Rollins hits a running knee strike, springboard sent on, and a lion salt for two. But Jey comes back with a pop-up neck breaker for two and a back breaker for two. Uh, Rollins goes for a powerbomb into the barricade, but Jey blocks it and hits a DDT on the outside. Another break. Uh, when we come back, Rollins hits a suicide dive, but Jay fights back and hits one of his own. Uh, double crossbody puts them both down. Uh, Jay beats up Rollins whilst the crowd yells, yeet. Um, Rollins drops him with a clothesline. Inseguri from Jay, running hip attack, but Rollins comes back with a sling blade and a frog splash for two. Uh, Rollins hits a super kick, but Jay comes back with two super kicks and an Uso splash for a two count. Uh, Rollins comes back with a superplex into a falcon arrow, uh, follows that uh, near fall, follows that up with a pedigree, another near fall. Uh, Jay uh, hits a sort of desperation f- uh, spear to get a two count. Uh, Jay goes for another spear, but Rollins kicks him and hits a buckle bomb, goes for the stomp or sets up for the stomp, uh, and Jay spears him and hits an Uso splash. And for a split second, I thought, Oh, okay, they're putting the title on Jay and Damien Priest going to cash this in. This was a really great near fall. It was a really, really good near fall. Really bought that. Uh, Jay hits a super kick, goes for another spear, but Rollins does the jump into the pedigree as he does it. Curb stomp, one, two, three. Uh, post-match, show of respect, they shake hands. Jay's on the outside like, oh, bloody hell, that was an ordeal. Uh, and then in, because he's just <laughs> leaning forward, McIntyre flies in. He's got civilian clothes on, he's got a hoodie on. Drop drops him with a claymore. Uh, Rollins tries to save him, goes for a dive. McIntyre catches him and just suplexes him on the outside. And then McIntyre slams Jay through the table to close out the show. Uh, and the last thing we hear is McIntyre grabbing Jay and telling him that the truth will set him free. Lots more positives than negatives in this main event, but Seth Rollins remains quite the frustrating wrestler to watch. This was so. This was this had all the kind of inherent problems that I think we talked about in depth in the DIY Imperium match. But it was done through the lens of two very, very over characters. I'm like invested in both of them, really, that the fans in the building love that almost... It doesn't justify, but it explains the way WWE does what WWE does. Mm. Like, a lot of the moves generated monster reactions. That near fall was superb. And as you say, in light of the fact that there's this belt on the line... Yeah, you've got to work quite hard to buy that, like just where both the characters are at now. They've just lined Seth Rollins up against CM Punk. He's not losing to Jey Uso here on a random Raw in November, in December, and yet they've found that one near fall. Like, mission accomplished there. The belt, I keep saying, it's working. They're getting the belt over as the the proper main event concern. Stood no chance in the summer, so that's working too. All of these things are working, and that's great, and that's promotion, and that's it's all very effective. I'm watching through the screen, and I don't buy so much what Seth Rollins does. I think some of his stuff looks flimsy. I think it's about his selling. I've had this issue for quite a while now. I think he just gives up once like, once it's time to like go... Well, into, selling went out the window in this yeah, match by the last five minutes. Goes into fourth or fifth gear, and he just gives up on whatever story they've been telling, and that I find that frustrating, and it does... breaks my immersion, but it's not breaking everybody else's. So it's like, I've got, I've got a problem with it, but yet, it is still really effective. These matches still tend to deliver more than they don't. Uh, and I like watching hot over-characters work in these big matches. This is 
WWE. Mm. You know, this to me was WWE distilled for better and a little bit for worse. But I got more out of it than I didn't. Yeah, um, I don't have that same level of disappointment with Hamflix. I don't necessarily have the most expectations for a Raw TV match in terms of the selling and all the rest of it. It's all quite formulaic. This was, if nothing else, like incredibly exciting and dramatic. I don't think it was an incredible match. I don't think it was a blow-away great match. I don't think it was a particularly artful match. They basically just sprinted through a WWE-style TV main event so quickly that fans were like, we getting a title change mm-hmm. here because it was so urgent. You feel it in the building, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Like, to the total like detriment of things that you might care about, like selling and all the rest of it. But you know, I don't necessarily watch WWE for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So the faster, the better. The more <laughs> urgent, the better. Um, it just felt like Seth Rollins has got after the Cody and now Punk, and that the, Ro- the Roman Specter has always lurked over his big singles run after 2019 where he thought he was going to be, like, the man, and it just never really happened. He got really over, and he's proper, like, establishment legacy furniture guy now. But this just felt like, oh, well, CM Punk's coming in. And he's coming back to WWE, well, let's show him what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, right, let's just work faster than that bum ever could sort of thing. Yeah. It felt like, well, well he's going to want to blow him up, isn't he? He's going to want to blow him up. Yeah. He'll get blown up when he's in the ring with me. <laughs> it's just like, well, <laughs> Punk can work. He used to work reception at Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Apparently so, I. Uh, aye. Punk would work a better match than this. Not necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily faster. Always watching, Phil. Yeah. Fast, fast. <laughs> I, didn't, I hadn't even thought about that, like the competitive thing. Like, I'm going to blow that up. I'm going to have him absolutely sucking wind out the first three rows. He wrestled like, like he was I relishing that prospect. That. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, really enjoyable main event. Uh, let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw uh, in the comment section or on X. <laughs> what culture WWE? Can't like. do a Rollins voice. <laughs> Watch there. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael <sighs> Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. <laughs> follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow our brilliant producer at It's Adam Nicholas. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll be back later on today with the NXT preview. <laughs> Uh, but for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to Michael Hamford, Michael Sidgwick, to Adam Nicholas, to Ethan for our lovely five-star re- review review. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.